720 WGN. Lots of folks from Highland Park are in D.C. They want to ban on assault weapons, and they want to reframe the way we look at this. Let me just share a piece of audio with you first about what's happening in our state. Democrats are moving ahead with their plan to ban assault weapons in our state, and they've now filed legislation in the House, and they're looking to move quickly on the bill. Gun rights groups, they're they're already planning legal challenges The proposed legislation would not only ban the future sale of assault weapons, but also high-capacity magazines. And Governor Pritzker today was asked if he expects Republicans to vote yes on the legislation. Well, I'm hopeful. I think there are Republicans in the suburbs, particularly, who uh, should vote for this and whose constituents want this. As you know, I campaigned on this, getting an assault weapons ban passed, a high-capacity magazine ban passed. So it's very important to me. Uh, Whether it happens during the uh, lame duck session, which I know is the expectation, or it happens during regular session is, uh, I mean, it's important that we do it as fast as possible. There's no doubt. But I just want to be clear that um, our aim is to get it done in the first half of the year. Dr. Elliot Lieberman is joining us on the Lisa Dent Show. Uh, His wife is in D.C. today. I understand you're both doctors. You're an ENT surgeon here in Chicago, and she's a pediatrician. Is she the pediatrician that we've heard speak out in the media? Yes, Lisa. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Yes, she is a pediatrician, and I'm an ear, nose, and throat physician. And we're actually both here in Washington, D.C. right now. Oh, excellent. And unfortunately, you were there on July 4th in Highland Park. Yes, our whole family was at the parade, something that we do every single year. And with the pandemic, we were very excited for the first parade in three years. And we came for patriotism and we left with terrorism. That was what happened to us on July 4th. We ran for our lives. And so now you want to do something about it. And as you should, I mean, you, you can't stand by and hope that somebody else does something. So tell everyone what's going on in Washington, D.C. today. Sure. So what we're seeing in America is a gradual increase in the number of mass shootings per year. In the past eight years, this number has more than doubled, and it's nearly tripled. In the past three years alone, that number has exceeded 600 events. That's where more than four people are injured and or killed um, in a given event in the past three years. That's a large number. If you look at the graph, that number is going up and up and up. And we want to know how much higher does it have to go before we see action? Enough is enough from our perspective. So what we are doing here yesterday and today in Washington, D.C., is we have gathered physicians. We have emergency room physicians, trauma surgeons, um, advocates, activists in health care from the states where we need votes on this issue. The House has already passed the ban. They did that in July. Um, The president has already said that he's willing to sign the bill into law. We just need the Senate to do their job to protect our citizens. It's just that easy. But, Doctor, groups go to Washington. The senators take meetings with those groups, and then nothing happens. I mean, I understand that you're, you're bringing education and you're bringing statistics, but why is it you think that this time the result might be different? Well, I think just like I said, we're heading toward a boiling point. I don't think that we can continue to say that these events are unimaginable. The unimaginable is now imaginable. You can close your eyes and now imagine what it would feel like if there was a perpetrator in your child or your grandchild's school. That is a very real thought. Okay, in some of these meetings, we are told that Some of their constituents in these states would prefer to use a semi-automatic weapon as a means of self-defense for an intruder. 
My question to them is, what do you think the weapon of choice will be for the perpetrator in your child or your grandchild's school? The question is very easy. We had to just get them to change their minds so we could move forward and make the country safer. Dr. Elliot Lieberman is with us. He's a Chicago ENT surgeon. His wife is along with him, uh, many people from Highland Park. Uh, she's a pediatrician. They both survived the Highland Park shooting. And talk about reframing gun violence as a public health crisis. That is a part of this. I know this is, I want to focus on that again, because that's that's really what you're pushing for, not just the legislation, but that we look at this differently. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that when you look historically of the role of public health and physicians in legislature, you see that we get involved when there are serious issues. And this is just one of them. When the country was founded hundreds of years ago, there were communicable diseases that were the most common causes of death in children. And we got involved. We got involved with clean water, sanitation, eventually antibiotics and vaccination. And we brought communicable diseases to a more minuscule amount of the contribution that they have toward um, death in children. Then in the 20th century, automobiles and car accidents became the leading cause of death in children. Again, physicians got involved. The American Academy of Pediatrics strongly advocated for child restraint laws. And we brought that number down. And for the first time in our country's history, Two years ago, firearm-related injuries are the leading cause of death of children. We are presenting them with the obvious problems and asking them to make the practical solution. And prior to that, it was automobile accidents. That was the number one killer of children, right? Absolutely. And now it's guns. Correct. And what we found with our data-driven solutions is that if you look at that assault weapons ban that was in place with the Clinton Crime Act from 1994 to 2004, during that time, there was a 70% reduction in mass shooting fatalities. That's a pretty clear indication that the ban worked. The ban did something. No, this ban will not be taking away, confiscating, or requiring a buyback on existing weapons. So there will still be many weapons in circulation. But that doesn't deter the fact that this ban will continue to work if we reinstate it. 30% of the weapons used in a mass shooting are purchased within 30 days. One-third of these weapons are new weapons. So a ban on the manufacture, sale, and transfer will make a massive difference. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor. Uh, good luck on the Hill today. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thank you, Elliot. Dr. Elliot Lieberman, he is a Chicago ENT surgeon. His wife, Emily, is a pediatrician, and they are focused, and they are with a group of focused people. Can I tell you, he happens to be my ENT. He is. I did not know he was going to be on until I heard you introduce him. When you said goodbye, Elliot, I'm like, well, that's kind of personal. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. Yeah, you you had no idea, because I know in my ear I heard you ask, what's his name? Yeah. Gosh, they're um, they're committed. And I like when people are focused and they stand up because that's what this country needs. You need to stand up for what you believe in and you need to take it to D.C. and you need to hold politicians accountable. So we'll see what happens as a result of that. Sam Toya is going to join us next. Hey, you work in a restaurant. You own a restaurant. You have money coming to you from Uber Eats. He has the story, and it's not too late to sign up to make sure you get your piece of the pie, so to speak. That is next, but first, Mary has a check on weather and traffic.